Hi there, I'm Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, back with another podcast review for your ears, talking about the 2010 film Unstoppable. I'm going to be very glad when Hollywood gets back to producing as many things that I can go to the theater and see that they were before the pandemic. But I have really enjoyed revisiting some of my collection over the last year and a half. I Some of these movies I bought, I watched, I like, I kept in the collection so one day I'd watch them again. Well, and <laughs> the opportunity presented itself over the last year and a half. So this is one of those movies I remembered fondly. I really enjoyed it. The person I watched it with at the time thought it was okay. It's kind of a disaster movie and it is based on a true story. But, oh, please. The other day I was talking to somebody about those based on a true stories, and they went off on a tangent of, well, they always embellish them. Of course they do. Nobody's real life is as exciting as a movie. Even some of these crazy stories you hear and make it to the news and whatever. They have to, to squeeze a movie into under two hours, usually about 90 minutes, squeeze a true story into 90 minutes to two hours, and keep it exciting and keep it moving forward and keep it with enough characters and keep it with enough dramatic tension and stuff. Obviously, they have to adjust some things and whatever. If you made a straight story of most true stories, we'd all be bored to tears and out of the theater. And books are different than movies and all that kind of stuff. So when you get Tony Scott, obviously you're going to get somebody who's very visually, you know, he's made several movies, and this was, by the by the way, his last movie. Um, he made several movies with Denzel Washington. He he is the brother of Ridley Scott. He just just oozed style in his movies, if even more than Ridley. Ridley also has a deep, deep intellectual undercurrent on the stuff he makes. And I'm not saying Tony doesn't, but his movies tended more towards popcorn fare. More And remember when we were younger and you'd see a trailer and you'd talk to your buddies in school and you'd say, let's go see that this weekend. And you'd go and you'd buy some popcorn. And you'd sit down, the lights go down and you you laugh and you hoot and, and you clap your hands. And when it's over, you walk out and go, that was a fun time. And it wasn't really so much the movie. It was the experience of sitting there for two hours. You really enjoyed that roller coaster ride that the movie took you on. This is one of those old school movies to me. I remembered kind of what the story was and remembered liking it, but I didn't remember details, so I put it on, you know, and I, I was just swept away with it. It's just a well-made 98-minute, it's quick, it's a bit of a disaster movie. you got real human beings doing real things. Um, Denzel Washington, Chris Pine, and Rosario Dawson, you couldn't really ask for a better cast. Movie was even nominated for an Oscar for Best Sound Editing, but it lost to Inception. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, it had an 85 to a $100 million budget, grossed $167 million, was released back in November of 2010. And this is one that just kind of flies under the radar. I assume it's on streaming services every once in a while, and people go, yeah, well, yeah. I thought it was great. I, I, this is the kind of movie that, to me, Indiana Jones was. The original Raiders of the Lost Ark was one of those movies where you just sat down and you just had a blast for two hours. And this, obviously not swashbuckling so much, but you've got guys running on top of it train moving at 70 miles an hour and almost getting pulled onto the train and 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 trains getting flipped over and and obviously all of the set pieces were on the screen there is and i'm sure there was a lot but there is very little obvious cgi these are real train engines that they're on i'm sure they weren't going 70 80 miles an hour when they were filming but it looks like they are and it looks like they're on real trains the whole time and when trains flip over it looks like they flipped a real engine and things like that that's why it cost $100 million to make this, because it's really a story of a, of a couple of characters and, and, and what they do in some pretty closed environments, actually. 
But the processes that everything goes through in any corporate situation where people have to sign off on things that are going to happen and it's a major emergency and time is of the of the essence. You got guys thinking about money and you got people thinking about people. And the two in these kind of situations, no matter if it's a, <laughs> a runaway train or any other kind of major tragic event, the people side needs to win out and always. And as an audience member, you're screaming at the screen like, oh, come on, you can't do that. You're putting people's lives to save money, you know, that kind of thing. And so that there's an aspect of this in this movie as well. But all in all, it's 98 minutes and it is it is efficient as hell. I mean, it's it, it really, there's no wasted scenes. There's no, wow, we expanded on that character. I mean, at the beginning there, you see Chris Pine, a little bit of his background. He's kind of stalking his ex-wife or his, he's got a restraining order, you find out, and his kid. Um, but that plays into it and does have an effect on the story and, and does make the ending a more emotional thing. Denzel Washington plays just a guy. You know, and it's it's a variation on the Denzel Washington character, but he's just a dude. He ain't the smartest dude, but he's been on the railroad for 28 years and he knows what he's talking about and people should listen to him. And he's one of those who's losing his job uh, because the new kids are coming in and, and they're being replaced as new technology and all that kind of stuff. And you don't know that. And it kind of they drop it as kind of a plot twist, but it's it 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 hits pretty hard because you kind of built up what Chris Pine has had to deal with as a new guy on the railroad kind of thing. I have a stepfather who worked um, in the railroad business, so I, I'd be interested to talk to him. I don't think I ever did broach the subject of this real event or what that meant to him. He was kind of an IT guy, and I remember in the year at Y2K, they basically had to shut down the tracks for a little while to make sure the computers didn't you know, wreak havoc, and that I talked about that in a previous review of a 1999 movie. But you know, we learn a little bit more about the railroad industry. I think a movie like that has to have a little of that in there. Um, how accurate it is or not, I'm not a railroad expert, but I think it's probably pretty accurate because at the end they have all these railroad experts who talked about this. And you do have some of the real people and what they went through on this. And it, and it did actually happen. Uh, nice that there's one screenwriter on this movie. I, I think that's another reason why it's highly efficient. doesn't have a whole bunch of different subplots that don't lead anywhere. It's just... it it. Tony Scott, this was his last movie. Um, unfortunately, he passed away about a year and a half later. But this, you know, is a solid action flick, a solid popcorn flick, a solid movie that anybody in the family, including grandma, can sit down and watch it because it's exciting and it's tense. It's like those, not that storyline-wise, but like The Fugitive was one of those movies when it came out with Harrison Ford that everybody in the whole family could watch. Air Force One. You know, we're not making as many action movies for the whole family anymore. It has to be a Marvel or a Fast and the Furious for that. And then we're getting a John Wick for the adults and we're getting some PG-13 for everybody else. I'm looking again for these mass appeal, popcorn munching, but well-made, well-acted, well-scripted, well-filmed movies. And it just seems like it has to be a big budget one to get that those kind of themes and that kind of... And this was a fairly big budget movie at the time. But anyway, not getting off on a tangent about other movies. Unstoppable. If you've never seen it, watch this movie. It's, it, you know, not the best train movie of all time, although I, you know, Runaway Train with John Voight wasn't this good. Um, <laughs> I just thought it was highly entertaining and caught me by surprise because it was better than I remembered it being. There's no wasted time. There's no wasted elements. It just, it flies from beginning to end and it, it doesn't, you know, you don't roll your eyes at impossible car stunts and things like that. It's all pretty grounded in reality and 
I quite liked it. I'm glad it's in the collection. I'll pull it out when somebody hasn't seen it because this is a surprisingly strong film from Tony Scott and Denzel Washington, Chris Pine, Rosario Dawson. Love their performances. Really enjoyed the movie. So if you haven't seen it, go check it out. I'm Scott Hamilton. I'm Rockfile. My website is therockfile.com. Please check it for links and what's going on. Like, share, and subscribe. I appreciate it very much. Thank you for listening. Have a spectacular day. Mm-hmm.